Jay Hatfield is with us, Chief Investment Officer, Infrastructure Capital Management. Thank you for being with us. We got the 75 basis points. That's exactly what we expected. Um, this is the fourth hike of its kind, but the markets just took off. And you know they say that the hikes are appropriate to reach sufficiently restrictive policy. Um, and that ongoing rate increases are appropriate. Mm -hmm. We're getting some of the same language. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks, Nicole, for having me on again. We had actually expected this to be a positive inflection for the market because the Fed had foreshadowed that they were going to weaken the language slightly, which they did. They are indicating um, what we already knew, which is there's a lag to monetary policy. So that's definitely a softening. Right. <clears throat> and that they're, they also at least tip their hat to there being downside risks now. So it is a slight softening, but you're not going to see the markets really rip until we have the uh, press conference and see what kind of spin Powell puts on it. But we were surprised the market came down so hard right ahead of this because we did think that there would be the softening, which they had already foreshadowed through the, their uh, press release or, yeah. or leak to the and press. And they're saying exactly that, the lags between the tightening and the, and the impact that it does have right. on the economy. I mean, acknowledging that, look, housing has come down, that was really evident that that was right. really one of the first groups to have the impact of the Fed rate hikes. Energy has come down some, mm -hmm. but you still have high inflation overall. Right, well, the, the key risk to the economy is not the economy itself, in our opinion, we're pretty bullish about the economy, but really the Fed and whether they're recognizing what you just referred to, which is all these deflationary mm -hmm. pressures that have been put in, in um, place really by taking down the money supply by 17%. Right. So this is a relief to the market. They're starting at least to get the joke that they've actually tightened monetary policy a lot already and they need to be cautious going forward. But like I said, I wouldn't get do a lot of trading ahead of the um, press conference because Powell can put a completely different spin and has destabilized the markets many times in the past. Oh, for sure. We could have a 180 on this market right. in yeah. the next 20 minutes. Right. Um, that being said, they're saying inflation remains elevated. Your concern is if the Fed does too much, right. we could have a global recession, right? right? Yes, I mean, there's one positive, which is Europe is way weaker than we are. So if Europe goes into recession, a deep recession, then that'll take pressure off global interest rates and would be bullish for our market. But it's important that the Fed recognizes that they've massively tightened monetary policy, which up until the statement today, they really haven't acknowledged. You know, gold was down 50 cents before the Fed. Right. And now it is up $18. Right, that makes Tell sense. Tell me a little bit about yeah, that. So what happens is a hawkish Fed means higher U.S. interest rates, an ultra strong dollar. I haven't looked at the dollar, I'm sure it's weak. And the gold is primarily driven by the dollar. So that would be the normal trade is dollar weakens, gold strengthens, bonds are rallying. So they're validating the bullishness of the statement. Right. So um, those are all fitting together nicely. I assume yeah. the dollar is, is weakening, but I, I don't have that right in front of me. Right, uh, you know, and I'm sure the dollar is. The dollar right now, 110 had been at 111. So right. yes, yes, the dollar right. is weakening. Mm -hmm. um, I can, you know, confirm that. And we are seeing gold moving higher, to your point. Oil also moving higher on the right. weaker dollar. Yes. And yields have come down, as you just mentioned, right? right. We were saying uh, the 10-year, for example, had been up over 4%. Right now, it's sitting at 3.995. Right. Uh, also, jobs, um, they say they continue to see robust job gains. That's something people were watching, but we got the ADP print. I mean, 
we have the jobs number on Friday. Pretty still, tight labor market still. Right. Well, there, that's kind of the controversies out there. Um, Jeremy Siegel, uh, Siegel at Wharton is more of a monetarist. The Fed's more Keynesian. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Keynesians don't think you can have inflation drop <clears throat> without big unemployment. Whereas people like myself and Jeremy Siegel are more focused on the money supply. So we're bullish that we can have a decline in inflation without significant increase in unemployment, particularly post-pandemic where you're seeing a surge in hiring in leisure, hospitality, and we have a tight auto and housing market. So we don't see mass layoffs, but we do think inflation will come down. And that's why we're constructive about the markets. Yeah, what's interesting is um, if inflation can come down without, un, you know, higher unemployment, right? Mm -hmm. um, tell me about the money supply and where mm -hmm. that all fits in there and explain why that is. Well, I think that it's important to be both a Keynesian and a monetarist. Yeah. So you can safely ignore the monetary, uh, the monetary base or money supply if it's not moving around a lot. But this Fed increased it by 65 percent, mm -hmm. set off an inflationary spiral. Now they've decreased it by 17 and that yeah. set off a deflationary spiral. So inflation and deflation. And you can see that in the dollar appreciated 15%. You can see that in housing, which now has rolled over. You can see that in mortgage rates. But the Fed was not as focused on the money supply. They just look at their, the Fed funds rate. And I think that's a mistake. So they really tighten way more than they think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what else is, you know, we talk about the supply demand and the imbalances and inventory management and right. that's something we've talked to so many. Even today I was talking to Dime Brands. They have, a, you know, IHOP. He said the inflationary costs probably have peaked over the summer. Um, there was another one I was talking about. They, they manage the inventory. A lot of the retailers are just trying to get it right at this point. Right. But um, just saying that, that supply demand, those imbalances still exist and mm -hmm. that's problematic, right? Right. Well, the normal, what normally happens is you have a slack, particularly in energy, so we're 30% off the highs, and there's a 5% bleed through of energy decor. So just even that example of restaurants, they actually have high energy costs as well. So we think when we start anniversarying all the increases in the energy costs, you'll see it slowly reflected in food. For instance, food is driven by fertilizer, and fertilizer is 60% right. natural gas. So some sectors like food will probably be last, um, services will be last, but you'll see it first on the good side and then that'll translate slowly into the other side. They're gonna continue balance sheet reduction as announced. We know they've been doing that. Any right. thoughts there? We're not as concerned as most people about that because what people haven't focused on is that the Fed actually has been neutralizing uh, 2.7 trillion of their increase in the balance sheet through open market operations. So they have 2.7 trillion of dry powder to offset um, the decline in the balance sheet. And so we think that if they pause on rates, then the QT won't be directly impacting the money supply and the banking mm -hmm. system. They'll just simply be in the Fed unwinding long-term uh, assets and then their short-term borrowing. So they'll sterilize the decline. Most people haven't focused on that, but that's, we believe that QT is not a huge overhang on the market. Yeah. And Ukraine, saying that Ukraine is still contributing to the inflationary pressures. I mean, we talk about wheat, we talk about oil. Right. Is that what you're thinking? Absolutely. The way to follow that is look at natural gas. It's trading at the equivalent of $180 a barrel yeah. for oil. And what that does is suck our distillate out of the United States. And there's no accident. It's yeah. not price gouging. It's just simply refiners 
have that margin because you can ship distillate to Europe. So ironically, you, you cut natural gas, but it affects oil because distillate is the only easy substitute for natural gas. Yeah. That's why we've been pretty bullish about energy stocks. Um, but the only caveat there, they've run up 30% in the last 30 days. So right. we were correct, but now maybe they yeah. might be fully reflected. And the Fed vote uh, was unanimous. Um, now we have to wait and hear what he has to say at 2.30 p.m. Right. Eastern time. Jay Hatfield, nice to see you. Great, thanks, Thank you Paul. for being here in person as we break down Fed Day. Jay Hatfield, CIO of Infrastructure Capital Management.